Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in the study we're doing through the New Testament, uh, we've been marching along. This is our 222nd meeting in the New Testament. Um, so that's a lot of Wednesdays, and that's good. Um, we're, we're in the home stretch, if you would. We've got uh, Second Peter to do, First, uh, Second, and Third John, and Jude, and then into Revelation. Uh, so we'll, we'll just keep plugging along. I know quite a few of you told me you're really looking forward to Revelation. That's good. Uh, it's always an interesting study. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll march right through there uh, here in a few months. So um, we're pressing in and pressing on. Again, the importance, I think, of looking at the Scripture this way, just kind of a chapter at a time, is hopefully it helps you to keep it in context. And that um, it's important that when we're reading through it, we remember, you know, the, how the chapters are built on one another, the thoughts that are built on one another, and the ideas that are built on one another, and um, that we when, we, when we study the Scripture, that we hold those things in, you know, we have those things in mind when we're, when we're you know, looking at the deeper things, so that we don't take things out of context and end up with, with the Bible saying things that it doesn't really say. So um, having sort of the idea and the concept uh, throughout the New Testament now, how it all ties together and why it's where it's at and what's been going on, I think is extremely helpful in our understanding of it and in applying it to our lives. Because really, that's, you know, the hope um, that we're, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to apply this to our lives and that we're learning from it all the time in the things that we read. So we're in First uh, Peter. First uh, Peter has kind of two main themes. One of them is uh, sort of holiness and what that looks like, and we've been talking about that. And the other theme is, is like dealing with suffering and, and difficulties in life. And, and the reality that we have to face is that we live in a fallen world on a broken planet and that everything is broken here, including us. And, and if we're sort of focused on, on living for ourselves and only for ourselves instead of living for the Lord, then, then we begin to take every reminder of the brokenness personally. It's like an attack on our plans of, of trying to make everything work. And, and we can get very discouraged in that focus, and it's sort of like, you know, why does everything bad happen to me? And, uh, and we sometimes start to get mad at God for these things, like, you know, I'm being punished, or, or there's something going on. But the reality is that this isn't heaven. Everything is broken here, and that sin is the cause of the brokenness. And, and so if we really uh, in the, feel like you need to get mad at someone uh, in this process, then, then we should take that out on the evil one, because he's the one that deceived us into thinking we could be like God and, and God has kicked out of paradise. Uh, and, and now he, he takes that deception further by trying to get us to blame God for the brokenness and then to continue sinning by trying to be like God and, and fix everything in our own strength or to fill the emptiness that we feel with empty things. And so, you know, Peter in, in these letters is going to talk about dealing with... with uh, with this brokenness, with suffering, with difficulties, and, and yet not losing sight of who God is in all of it and that, that we can trust Him. And, and that rather than, than getting angry at every broken thing, really it should just sort of be a reminder to us that this temporary life that we have now will never be perfect. Uh, but in His mercy and in His grace, he has a way to, He's made a way for us to get back into relationship with God, the relationship that we had with Him before the fall in reality. So... Um, this isn't as good as it gets, 
and, and you don't need to make it your life's purpose to try and fix it. Um, what we need to do is, is really sort of get focused in on trusting in God and, and finding life in Him and allowing Him to take care of all the things that can sort of distract us and get us way off track. And so that's kind of what's going to happen here in First Peter chapter 4. So let me read it to you. Um, there's 19 verses. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV. You can follow along. It's on your notes. If you can have your Bibles, you can open and read with me. You can read your translation, whatever. It'll be similar, I'm sure. But here we go. First Peter 4, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desire, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans chose to do, choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They think it's strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to men in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. The end of all things is near. Therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trying you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal, or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So that's First Peter chapter 4. Let's dig in for uh, just a few minutes together. I want to talk about a few things. Um, those, those first uh, six verses or so, as I sort of said in the introduction, you know, we live in a, in a fallen world on a broken planet. And so things here are not perfect. Um, but God created everything perfect. Sin entered into the world and messed it all up. And that isn't God's fault. It's our fault. And, and see, um, just so that that all begins to hopefully settle with you, um, God wanted people to be able to choose to worship and love him so he gave us free will opportunities to make choices and with that free will all of us have chosen to sin just like Adam and Eve who you know had utopia and still wanted more 
Adam and Eve had the best of everything and still wanted more. That's just, you know, unfortunately, we all sort of have that, and then we, we make these choices. And, and yet, um, see, all of us get a sense that, that something's missing as we walk through this thing. And, and we, we want to live a pain-free, white picket fence life, and we really want that now. The problem is, is that's a promise now for the future in Revelation 21.4. You can read that promise. That's when we get that again. But that's after Jesus has come back and we're all settled again with him in the relationship that we had in the beginning. And, and so um, we, the world's messed up. It's broken. Planet's a mess. Um, things happen all the time that are horrendous. Um, we have to deal with all sorts of issues. Uh, and, and difficulties and hardships and uh, things that we don't want to deal with. Um, and, and, you know, and then sometimes we, we, we hear questions or we ask questions, you know, well, why do bad things happen? And, and again, sin entered the world because we all chose to do things we shouldn't. Um, it's, it's on us. Not, that's not on God. Um, we've all done it. Um, you know, and I, <laughs> when, you, when you wrestle through that, I think sometimes... Um, when we've done something we know that we shouldn't and then a consequence comes, uh, at some level we, we think, okay, well, I, I can see why that's happening. But the hardest ones to deal with are somebody else doing something and then you suffering the consequence for that. Those are really difficult to sort of deal with. Um, but it's part of living in a fallen world. And then, you know, sometimes people will say, and, and maybe you've had this, you know, well, how does a God who claims to be good allow so much evil in the world? And, and, and we get back to that whole thing that he gave us because he loved us, which was free will. Um, he, it can't be suspended. Um, so, so it's in place. Um, it was, and I said it's in place so that you can choose to love him. God didn't want people that had no option. He wanted people to love him because they chose to. Because they decided that that's where life would be, would be in, in loving him and, and worshiping him. And so once that choice was there, we, we also had the choice to do other things. And, and it's caused this big mess. And so this, this free will is in operation. People still get to choose um, how they're going to live. And it, it causes all sorts of issues. But it's not because he's not good. Um, in fact, he's so good, he gave us this opportunity, and it caused the mess. And then, and then people say, well, well, you know, why doesn't he do something? And uh, I think, you know, you need to remember that he has. Um, he went to the cross. He's done significantly all that ever needed to be done. Um, he's gone to the cross. He's defeated death. He's risen again. He's made a way for us to ha- back into relationship with God that's now and forever. And, and so even though we sometimes are dealing with very, very difficult, hard things, um, he's, he's, you know, sometimes in the midst of that, I just, you know, if you ever feel like, God, where are you? you, you have to, he, he, he went to the cross for that so that you could have life again. So this is all part of that process and a, and a remembering of, of why things are the way they are and, and, then, and yet staying connected to God in the midst. And he goes on, verses 7 through 12, and, and he gives us some amazing advice for, for dealing with that and then, then continuing to live holy lives. And, and I love how verse 7 starts off with that, the end of all things is near. That's a pretty impressive verse. The end of all things is near. And I, I think um, how you feel about that verse is a pretty revealing thing. For a lot of people, it, it causes a lot of people to really start, like, freaking out. Um, you know, it's like, you know, like the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and you've ever seen the chicken little story, and they, ah! Um, but, but uh, and then recently, um, 
you know, the, they had the, the moon went red, right, on one of the nights with the sun hitting it, and all of a sudden everybody's talking about the blood moons and all that that means, and I, I actually watch people getting freaked out about it, and I'm, I'm like, blood moons happen, and I don't know where it fits in the prophetic scheme, and I'm not saying it does or doesn't, but, but it shouldn't, it's nothing to be freaked out about if you're a believer, you know, if that's what it takes. If Jesus is coming back, it should be like, um, that's good. I mean, that's really what we're sitting around waiting for. I mean, that's, come on back. Uh, you know, and we're not just sitting around not doing anything. We're being very active because we want other people to know. But, but um, him coming back is, is, is really a, a good thing. I think maybe sometimes when you're going through a difficult, really difficult situation um, and, and you, you, you hear a statement like, you know, he's coming back, that you would probably go, yeah, come now. I'm more than ready. But, you know, if things are kind of mellow, and it's, it's that process of, of just knowing that... Um, we're, we're to live in this tension that, that he could be back at any second, which is good news, and, and yet if he, if he waits, that that's good too because we have things that he's called us to do. And so we, we live in this tension. But the idea is, and I, I think Peter brings it up, so we get our priorities right. Um, and, and the priorities are in life. Look, there's only so much time. That, that's the reality. What's really important? In, in the context of the fact that he could be back at any moment, um, what's really important in life? What really does matter? Well, and and it, it should have, help you to sort of look into your priorities uh, and finding a balance in life um, and, and sort of looking at our pursuits and are they the pursuits we're really going to find life in in following him or are, we, are they sort of leading us off track? So... Peter says, with that in mind, you know, with that sort of thought in mind, hey, you know, Jesus is coming back. What should that look like when we live? And then he gives us some elements, I think, that are really important that should, because of that whole concept, be more um, vital to us. He starts talking about prayer. Um, at the end of verse 7, he says, therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. And, and so I'd submit to you again that prayer is such a vital part. You know, I talked about reading the Word the other week, and that's important, but just having time in prayer uh, is such a vital part of the life of a believer, and yet it's often neglected because we're too busy. And, and that's what we generally justify not praying by. I'm just too busy. And, and yet it, it should be at the cornerstone of everything and the foundation of everything. You're never that busy. Um, you, you should always make time for prayer, and yet it's one of those things that we seem to let go of fairly quickly if we're, if we're really not disciplined in it. And, and again, thinking in the context of, you know, he's coming back, what's most important, and then setting our priorities around those things. And um, in our culture in particular, prayer, because I think we start thinking we can get along without it, it takes a back seat. If you go to other places in the world where... Um, they don't quite like our culture. They pray a lot more than we do because they have to. Um, they literally play, pray for every meal because they don't have it. So they start praying for it. Um, I, I've been to places like that. They don't have it. There's not a meal coming, and they know that, so they have to start asking God for a meal. It's amazing how he does things, and he does, but, um, you know, most of us, we don't, that's not our prayer. For the most part, there's food somewhere. Um, not, I know not everybody, but for most people in our culture, that's not how we, we're not praying that way. We're praying differently, or we're not praying because we sort of think we can get along without it. And so, um, so what we end up doing oftentimes is we, st we, st we don't really pray until there's a crisis. 
and then we're all in. But, but reality is we should be praying all the time, and then um, we're, we're better situated in our connections when things do happen. Um, but, but, you know, we, we should be praying for all sorts of stuff. You know, the, the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, even talks about praying for our, our needs, you know, daily. Give us today um, our daily bread. We're allowed to ask for those things. And, and so um, it's this idea of connecting with God, but also in that connection, you know, confessing our sin to Him, forgiving people that have hurt us. Uh, uh, and so all of those things need to, to be an active part of our, our lives because they sort of set the course and tone for our daily lives. Then Peter talks about loving extravagantly. 1 Peter 4.8, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. I like that picture. Love covers a multitude of sin. Love covers. When I think about that verse, I always think about a story about Noah after he got off the ark. And uh, um, Noah, after he got off the ark, one of the things that he did was he planted a vineyard. He grew some grapes. He did this pretty quickly after he got off. Grew some grapes, got the grapes, and then he made some wine. Uh, and then um, uh, he made some wine. And then uh, if you read in Genesis 9.20, what, what actually happens, um, he makes some wine, he gets drunk, and he passes out naked in his tent. We don't usually teach that in Sunday school to the kids. That's not part of the Noah and Ark, the, uh, the Ark story. But that's what happened. He, that's what he did. And um, his three sons... Um, the first son comes in and he sees it and he, he makes fun of it and he goes out and tells the other brothers. Um, and the, the other two brothers, when they hear about it, they, they, they back into the tent so they don't see their father's and they cover his nakedness. And um, that's a response of love. Um, and, and, and so it's just sort of, to me, it's always a picture of what love does. Love, love covers sin. It, you know, it doesn't make a way for it and it doesn't, you know, act like it's not a big deal, but it covers it. And, and um, that's how we're supposed to love. We're, we're supposed to, you know, love covers a multitude of sins. Hospitality, uh, Peter talks about, 1 Peter 4, 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And, uh, and so we're to, we're to extend, you know, mercy, grace, try and make people feel comfortable where we can. And we talked about hospitality and those things in the parable of the Good Samaritan not all that long ago. We love each other well. Uh, generosity should be a part of our lives. 1 Peter 4, 10, each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So we're to use the, the gifts and things God gives us to um, help and serve others. Uh, we're to share the good news. We're talking about that on the weekends. First Peter 4.11 If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. That's a pretty intense Bible verse. That's, uh, that's power. We talked about how powerful words are. should be a part of that in our lives. We, we are the broadcasters of the greatest news in the universe. So again, we, we talked about being careful with what we say so that when we do say the things people need to hear, they can receive those words well. Um, and then verses 13 through 19, um, from, you know, Peter's making the, the point that no matter what we're experiencing in life, we, we need to know and remember or learn that we can trust God. There's a proverb, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. So, um, you know, as, we, as we're pressing through this life, we need to know that we can trust Him. And, and that uh, even though things aren't going the way we think they should, God is faithful, and, and we can trust in Him to help us through the situations that we face in this life. 
And, and um, a lot of times when we're going through difficult things, what we, what we really need is to know that we can trust God and then sort of figure out how to be content in the, in the midst of it. Um, and, and that means that we trust Him even though things aren't going the way that we want them to go. And that idea is something that's learned because Paul says it's learned in, in uh, Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Because he says, I'm, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, he says. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. But he says he's learned how to be content. He's learned that because the secret was that he can do whatever he needs to, he can get through whatever he needs to because Christ will give him the strength that he needs to do it. And so he's, he's learned to... Um, still have a quality of life in the midst of difficulties um, and not pretend, I mean Paul went through a lot of difficult stuff but, but still understanding that life was found in, in following him and trusting in him and so you know this idea of contentment is, is trusting God even when things seem out of control um, they're, they're always, he's always got us in the long haul and, and that's part of this whole sort of thing and holding it together and this idea of, of holy living um, even in difficult times and not turning back to the things that we used to do because life has gotten hard but understanding that that you know it's just part of living in a fallen world and broken planet and we have to trust God that he's he's got us and he's gonna have us now and forever and, and he'll get us to where we need to go and he'll take care of everything that happens um, e even though some of it's gonna be tough on the journey and that we're not to be surprised by that it's part of the part of the deal of living here but uh, it's temporary and uh, life with him is eternal and it's all going to be worth it whatever happens it's all going to be worth it and we spend eternity with him and, and you know we get some pretty cool stuff now too so it's a that's a plus that's a plus but that's enough uh, if you're watching by video thank you so much you're on TV we appreciate you doing that if you can come and visit we'd love to see you sometime and um, uh, if you need prayer, go to our website at keysvineyard.com and there's a place for prayer and we'll be praying for you or you can call us, the phone, phone number's there. But thanks for being a part and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Please let me know by waving that you turn that off upstairs. <laughs>